Hey, Baby Jay here with the Stay Fly Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and like this episode. Share with any other cannabis enthusiasts that would like to dial in on the session as we're going to be breaking it down on many different topics around the cannabis industry. See you soon. The thing about cannabis is it encompasses all of it. Science, it's recreational, it's medicinal, it's a community. So there's a ton of different things that we can talk about. I think, you know, at the end of the day, when we're talking about this podcast, really what we're going to be focusing on is the industry as a whole. But more specifically, we're going to take topics that we've seen throughout the industry, seen throughout history of cannabis and how they apply to Mississippi and the cannabis market here in Mississippi and the new and evolving market that we have in Mississippi. And also, I want to be able to take a chance to focus on, you know, just the team that is here on site, you know, that we have building the brands, you know, backing the brands, supporting the brands with, you know, quality products, you know, best practices, expert leadership, and, you know, just a lot of the innovation leaders that, you know, are within the four walls and confines of this building that really make a big impact, not just what we do here, but what we do for the, you know, um, Mississippi cannabis industry, as well as hopefully down the road, you know, nationally for the cannabis industry. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, this is super exciting. So our first, first podcast, Stay Fly, um, um, you know, just in terms of introductions, you know, I'm the chief revenue officer um, for Southern Crop and I'm not sure if we want to do like intros of... Yeah, give you your know, breakdown, give a breakdown of experience, your experience, definitely give a brief overview. I mean, uh, you know, just in terms of cannabis background, you know, I come from a lot of West Coast operations, you know, I put up... Um, dispensaries in Arizona, uh, California, also worked on brand expansion and portfolio expansion for multi-state operating companies um, throughout, you know, nine different states um, nationally. So it's, uh, it's been quite the ride. You know, I've done everything from, you know, working in cultivation and production for consumer packaged goods all the way to, uh, you know, just very elevated dispensary retail experiences. And so that's been my forte these last um, three to four years is focusing on, you know, direct to consumer, also wholesale operations, and then just, you know, scaling up. You know, I come from working in, you know, massive greenhouse operations and indoor operations. So it's a testament to this team because it's one thing to be able to grow cannabis, you know, as a college student or as a, as a, as a fan, you know, in, in a grow or in a small, small room of your house. But it's another thing to take that expertise and scale it. Is something that can cover consumers across an entire state, you know, whether it's Mississippi or, you know, California, you name it. It's, it's a very uh, skilled craft that takes, you know, a bunch of, you know, industry knowledge as well as just, you know, the willingness to always learn and to always, you know, refine your own skill set over time. So it's as much as everyone's an expert in this building, we're all just students too at the same time. I'm just a pothead. <laughs> no, I mean I've been smoking pot for a long, a good while, I would say. But in terms of cannabis experience, I mean this is really where I'm starting. So that's why I report into him and try to learn as much as possible from the guys behind you and the guys that work in this building and the people who have done it before. But yeah, I mean at, at the end of the day, I'm just an enthusiast trying to learn as much as possible. So I've just been blessed to be part of the ride. Yeah, been a fun time. Like I said earlier, I've been in cannabis or like using cannabis for a while now and this is definitely a, a different a lot different than what you've seen in the southeast in terms of the black market i mean this is completely different 
one of the things was that I initially was surprised that was the pricing. Obviously, we've seen turns in the market now. Um, but I think that's one of the biggest struggles for the legal market is competing with the black markets on pricing as well as accessibility um, and, and knowledge. I mean, there's consumers still here in the state that don't even realize this is legal. And then when we look at it on a broader spectrum, just in the Southeast in general, I mean, cannabis is still not something that is widely accepted. I have plenty of people that, I, that I'm very close with that still don't understand why I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I think personally, I think that cannabis is a wonderful plant. It's, it's a natural occurring plant and it can help clear up a lot of people and medicinal need. I mean, for example, I, I know there's plenty of cancer patients here in the state that are benefiting from cannabis. And it breaks my heart in other states that they can't have access to that. Yep. And just to touch on Joe, I mean, it's, uh, you know, coming from West Coast cannabis, you know, into Mississippi and the South, it's, you know, from an outsider's perspective, it's, uh, you know, you're coming into the Bible Belt, essentially, you know, states that you're, have been known to be vehemently against, you know, not just cannabis, but, you know, you, like even alcohol, um, you know, substance abuse, you know, any sort of you know, outside substances that, you know, people, it's kind of taboo. And so it's, it was interesting coming into the state where I thought it was going to be very, you know, still, you know, softly spoken about, you know, people not wanting to come into the dispensary or, you know, unwilling to get their medical card. And, you know, for the most part, I think our, you know, my perspective on that's actually kind of changed. I feel like the state's been ready for quite some time for, you know, medical cannabis to come in and start, you know, to Joe's point, you know, becoming accessible, you know, not just from, the weed dealer on, on the corner type deal, but, you know, professionals coming to the space to provide pharmaceutical grade cannabis to help them with, you know, whether it's cancer, whether it's, um, you know, just treating, you know, back pain is like always some of the big ones are treating mm -hmm. anxiety. Even that's not a qualifying statement or a qualifying condition yet, but it's something that, you know, you hear often in not just Mississippi, but you hear that, you know, Hey, it's great for my anxiety. It's great for, it's great for my migraines. It's great for, you know, just inflammation, you know, with my arthritis. So it's, it's something that the state definitely needs given where cannabis is at nationally and that have so many states have gone medical and even gone recreational. And a lot of the neighboring states, you got Missouri, you got Oklahoma, Arkansas, Arkansas, Alabama's passed their program. Yeah. So, I mean, it's Louisiana has a program. Um, you've reached a point where Mississippi, I think, has been kind of like, you know, teetering and, you know, finally moving that needle. And now we're here. Yeah, especially when you look at, I mean, the majority of the population voted for this to become legalized. Yep. Not to say the majority of the population is a patient right now, yep. but I think there's an understood at this level. I think that we've gotten so far along with cannabis as a whole, as a country, is that people can sit here and vote to say yes on something that they may not participate in. They understand it's not going to affect them, so they're comfortable with it being part of the state in which they live in, which is definitely eye-opening. I mean, but now back to just the from a consumer standpoint, because I am a med card medical card holder here in the state. Just wanted to preface that. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but as a medical card holder here in the state, I think you know a lot. A lot of my friends when I came into this, they all were asking. Joe, you think you're going to smoke more cannabis? Like, you think you're going to smoke more? Because I smoke every day. And I was like, no. Nah. And looking back on it, no, maybe, maybe not. Now, fast forward to today, I wouldn't say I necessarily smoke more cannabis, but it's the way that you look at cannabis. 
is a different situation when you're buying it off the street. You just take what you can get, smoke it, whatever. Right now, you get to walk into a dispensary, talk about every single product they have, understand that those products, one, are clean, they've been tested, and you can trust those products, and then you, could, you get an idea of the different variations that you like. I mean, whether you're a sativa person, an indica person, a hybrid person, now you can get even deeper. You can start targeting certain terpenes. For example, I have chronic back pain, and I've got a rod and six screws in my leg. I like heavy myrcene content uh, cannabis plants or cannabis strains, sorry, because they attack that pain. Um, but, I mean, a lot of people, that's, a, that's probably the majority of what we've seen in Mississippi is that heavy myrcene content, same with limonene, um, from the sativa side for pain management. But I think the, the opportunity is endless in that regard. But no, again, you know, the way that I viewed it being an illegal state has definitely changed. It's definitely made me appreciate it more and also learn more about yep. it beyond what I was already interested in. Yep. And that kind of, you know, just lines up in terms of our product lines, you know, which is, you know, partial sitting in front of us. And that's been kind of the challenges as we enter a new state and a new market you know, you've got a new patient base for the most part. Yeah, you have your some of the, you know, canosaurs or either the experienced um, users, but for the most part, the demographic, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, you know, between you're looking at the ages of 45 to 65 for... Probably even higher main, than that, yeah. yeah for the yeah. main patient base. And, you know, as you look to carve out your specific offerings, it's not just flour. It's not just, you know, pre-rolls. You know, the standard of what you find on the street or what you find in most recreational markets, it's... You've got gel capsules, you've got targeted edibles, you've got, you know, a plethora of topicals out, you know, offerings, offerings in the market just so to get that patient base acquainted with using cannabis and applying it almost on a normal basis, you know, where it's not like, hey, I'm going to go to the backyard and smoke away from my family for yeah. my nightcap. It's, <laughs> it's, hey, no, I'm going to work, you know, gel capsules into my daily regimen as like, hey, I'm taking a one-to-one ratio of CBD to THC in the morning. I'm taking, you know, one that's you know, full, full spectrum THC at night to help me sleep. You know, you've got different applications and different ways to reach out to everybody so that, you know, everybody, I'm going to say everybody can enjoy, but everybody can find the value and find the pharmaceutical, you know, assistance that they need rather than resorting to opioids or resorting to over the counter pills, which we've, you know, I can say I've become dependent on, you know, over the, over the counter headache medicine, you know, let alone what anybody else does to treat their own ailments. So it's, it's definitely a step in the right direction for, for um, you know, not just patients, but everybody alike who's looking to treat their pain and their, their ailments naturally. So one of the things I, I want to kind of pick your brain on, or I want to kind of for us to chop it up if we got time, is, you know, in a recreational medicinal market, mature and mature markets, flour is always going to be the top seller, it seems like. Yep. You know, what's, I have a take on that. I've got an opinion on that, but I'd like to hear what you think. Well, and that's, you know, I'll be you know, kind of, I guess, humble in the sense that I'm not the most and haven't been the most experienced user, you know, coming into cannabis back, you know, seven, eight years ago when I started, um, you know, just for background, I came from a military family where my dad would have put me through a wall had I, uh, you know, used cannabis in any sense of the word through middle school, high school, whatever it is. Um, but coming from, you know, experience in these markets that have, you know, gone from, no market to medical market to recreational. I've seen the whole progression from start to finish. And from my take and my perspective, it almost seems like, you know, as you grow up, you see that alcohol is normally, normally consumed as, as a drink. 
you don't really have any other forms that you see people consume alcohol that's kind of consumed with, you know, drinking it, you know, socially drinking it, you know, like, you know, a can of beer or drinking it at a football game. I've always seen flour as like the main way that people consume because it's also the main way that growers like to grow it or like to actually display their, their expertise that makes sense, and their yeah. craft. You know, every grower has got a different, a different, uh, what's it called technique or different growing practices or different cure cycles. And it's really, from my point of view, it's really artistic and you're kind of consuming someone's art and someone's, you know, someone's craft. And that's why flower I feel like has always been kind of like the staple of how you want to at least first consume cannabis is because you get to consume that communal, you know, culture. I guess, yeah. That you culture sit down, yeah. pass it. Passed around. I mean, that's the first the What's first time. Yeah, I mean, the first time I ever consumed cannabis, actually. So I was. Uh, this is going to sound terrible, but I was <laughs> behind the the school that I went to with my cousin, and I remember someone saw us, and they literally just yelled at us, "Puff, puff, pass." I mean, so that was my first encounter with it, and it was like a known language almost. So yeah, I think that that's also part of it. Is one is is like there's nothing that beat. It's kind of like a cold beer, you know. You know, there's not a lot that cha- that can challenge, you know, or there's not a lot that can equivalent to having a cold beer on a summer day. Yeah. But that's the same with when you sit down and roll up a joint with your friends. Yeah. You get to sit there, you understand, hey, I got this. Hey, Joe, have you tried this strain out? You know, you need to try this out. I mean, we do that all the time. Yeah. I call you know, me and my brother. We have we live together and he's a cultivation tech here, as you know. But, you know, when I pick up. And fresh marijuana, the first person I call is Hayden. Yeah. That's the first I open that jar, I look at him, oh my God, this looks amazing. I either text him and say, dude, I just picked up something for that you're gonna like, or I call him and say, dude, just guess what? I just picked up. Can't funny. wait for us to try it like that. It's funny you say that because I've never actually, even with anybody in the industry, I've never seen myself take a vape and go like, oh, check out this cool vape. You know, the first thing is you open it, you look at it, you look at the bud structure, you usually hear, oh, it's so frosty or something, and you yeah. smell it. And there's a whole like I said, it's a culture to it. There's a whole process a, in which uh, enthusiasts like to. Well, yeah, it's like a, um, it's almost like a ritual. Yeah. Like, for example, I know when I get home today, I'm either <laughs> Hayden's going to be in the basement or I'll be in the basement. <laughs> and I will be joined at some point by either I'll join him or he'll join me. But we will sit down, pick out a strain that we like, sit there, pass the jar, smell it, roll it up, smoke it. And then that's like our ritual. It's like an unspoken ritual, I guess you could say. But yeah, I mean, like every time you get a group of people who consume cannabis, whether they're medical patients, recreational patients, Mississippi, California, you open up that nug or you get that uh, bag and you immediately put your nose into it, pull some nugs out, look at them, pass it around. Well, it's interesting because like you said, you know, your brother, you know, your first experience was smoking it behind school and, you know, being introduced to flower immediately. It's like I came from the opposite direction. I came from never having used cannabis to wanting to use the most applicable form for me, which was, I was so used to, you know, hitting like a nicotine vape here and there from friends mm-hmm. at parties yeah. or in college. And so the vape was the most applicable version for me to ease myself into it. And then being able to, you know, looking from the outside in, it's like, Hey, everyone's smoking flour. I'm like, why are they smoking flour? The first couple of times I tried it and I was like, Oh, the acoustic version. I was like, I'm like, it's <laughs> to me. I was like, it was a, it wasn't tasty. It wasn't the same nah, profile. It's but, completely different. But I think that's what why I smoke flour so much now over smoking actual vapes is because it. 
as I learned more about cannabis and got my feet wet and started getting immersed in the industry, I started to dabble more in flour and really understand the huge difference that you get from actually consuming flour versus consuming anything else. Yeah, yeah. Like you get the true full plant use and the full plant offerings of what you know people say the magic has to offer you. Yeah, the entourage effect. The entourage yeah. effect. And so it's that was the biggest eye opener for me was I was like, oh, I was like, maybe that's why people only consume, you know, that's why flour is king in most markets or in every market is because you actually get the full benefit from, you know, start to finish of what it means to, to experience a high. Or yeah, see, I was, yeah, I mean, I was the opposite. I was like flour first. And then when people started getting into vapes and stuff, I was like, nah, <laughs> I'm good on that. I don't want to deal with that. It's been eight years and I still won't eat more than five milligrams on an edible. I'll say that though for the record. Yeah, I mean, shoot, I've been, it's been 10 years, 12, 11 years for me. And I don't, I still, I mean, edibles still kick my butt. So flowers are always a different one. For everyone who will be viewing this, hopefully, yeah, it's going to be like five people to start. (laughs) I'm going to send it to my family or everyone. Well, what I would, I would like to cover on the next podcast if we have, if we get enough of a, you know, people paying attention to us um, <laughs> is I would like to talk about the different, different uh, backgrounds of individuals that use cannabis, different cultures that use cannabis, yep. the history of cannabis and how it relates in so many different people. I mean, you can take someone like Jimi Hendrix that smoked cannabis and then you take someone like my best buddy who's a hunting guide up in Alberta, Canada, completely yeah, yeah. two opposite people. But I promise you, those two people get sit down and smoke cannabis together and they get along over just that. Yep. All right, we'll take that, roll it up and smoke it.